This is The Experience, and welcome back to our day two coverage of the Myriad Market. I'm Warren Rustborough. And I'm Aspen Vancaster, filling in for Dirk Bradley, who's been missing in the market since yesterday. Dirk was last seen entering a taxi set for Omega Terminal. If you see him, do not approach, as he spooks easily. If he does notice you and you are unable to restrain him, you can easily earn his trust with the offer of high fives, food that features frosting, and the offer to chill with some homies. I'm sure he'll turn up. After all, his face is broadcast live on a near-daily basis. We've already had 18 market goers brought in due to mistaken identity. It would seem that white male with average build and short hair is a common enough aesthetic to cause some confusion. You don't say. This is why fashion is so important. A man stands out when he's hanging quality gossip. And with the rising popularity of glamouring, these khaki Avengers really have no excuse to be modeling last season's chinos. Glamouring is a relatively new trend that seems to have come out of the spoke of Akrotaria. A minor enchantment is placed on armor and other adventuring gear, which, upon command, will transform into an alternate form. Exactly. You're hooving it down Suck Mountain in dingy hiking leathers and your I'm a vagrant and I don't care who knows it blanket cloak, when all of a sudden you're toe-to-toe with your nemesis, Dr. Fashion Sense. And now you look like a discarded box of soiled tweed. You just dropped the command word and now you're goosed up from the shoes up. I've noticed many adventurers opting for something a little flashier than one might expect. <sighs> yeah, the neon piping and high contrast look is big in Abel right now. And where Abel goes, Akrotaria and soon the rest of Zenith follows. It's a hot look right now, but I'm guessing it won't last. So enjoy it while it does. Any personal recommendations for this year's market? Oh no, I'm not making the same mistakes this year. I'm keeping my choices selects to myself. But Sigma Terminal is dripping right now, and if you're looking for cutting cuts and a kit that spits, take a stroll down some side alleys. Nothing worth buying takes the beaten path, if you pick up what I'm casting. I'm quite sure I missed some of that, but it sounded young and important. The greatest tragedy of Dirk's absence is the lack of a buffer between myself and hip lingo. When we come back, I'll be dropping some history checks to help you squeeze whether that bobble's a fossil or just some warlock bait. And ten reasons why quick is slick and beef is the new dumpstep. Our party finds themselves toe-to-toe with Ophidian Ashpool and the Silver Song. All around you, the market has cleared out. You see a crowd slowly brewing on the outskirts of your new battlefield. Races of all types are craning their heads or standing well above others to see what there is to see. A novice team duel. Somewhere in the crowds, you catch a glimpse of a mirrored helmet. Yet no action is taken to dissuade you. Ophidian looks to Hal Orison. You had to have known this was coming, right? Well, I mean, yeah, eventually. I figured either we were going to make out or we were going to throw down, but... <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you opted for option two. You have chosen poorly, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I o- wink and blow a kiss. Ophidian laughs audibly at that. You know what? This is this is the real tragedy of it. I didn't get to team up with you guys. You're hilarious. I think it's going to be even funnier when I'm stomping on your necks. I take great offense to that. You have a split second to decide what you're going to do about this. You were each allowed to take a single non-aggressive action. That is to say, cast a spell or take a single action, possibly maneuver yourself. But any movement is limited to five feet to get yourself into a position that's opportunistic for you. I'd like to go around the table beginning with Hal. All right. Hal will just brace himself for combat. I might take the dodge action, but mostly Hal's going to focus on, while Ophidian is monologuing about about wishing he was on our team, I'm going to whisper to Iavos, who's on my right, and Penny on my left, try and focus on the bard and on the cleric. Don't bother with the fighter. He's too heavily armored. All of them are going to boost Ophidian. The more we can weaken him, the better. The words you speak are more true than you know. Normally, Gong is known for wearing scale mail, but here you see him standing in finely made plate armor. The Valor Bard, Iluhana Chimechain, has short black hair, pale skin, and almond eyes. She's covered in bells and chimes and wears them all on her chain shirt. She wields a spiked chain, which is also covered in bells. Simon Silver also wears a chain shirt, silvered, and a silvered rapier to go with his white hair and gray eyes. Gaspar, what do you do? Gaspar looks over at the bard, Chime Chain, and 
a whispered curse from the Vries head is shot towards them. I know not the true name of your soul, but I curse it nonetheless. And I will cast Hex using my racial feature. Mm, How does that work? So, once per day, I can cast Hex. That is, every time I hit them with an attack, it will do an extra D6 damage. Mm. And I choose one ability that they have, and all checks they make with it have disadvantage. So I can say strength, and they'll have disadvantage to all athletics checks. Interesting. It is a concentration spell, so it can be broken. And if the person who I have hexed falls to zero hit points, I can spend a bonus action to move it to somebody else. Nice. I like that. And I have chosen to curse this bard's charisma. Sounds good. Penny, what do you do? As Ophidian's party members step out of the shadows and in front of us, Penelope immediately takes up her sword and shield as if it's already second nature to her. Mm-hmm. And she takes the dodge action. This is a good opportunity for me to tell you what feature your sword now has. Ooh. As soon as you draw it in battle, you can feel power coursing through you. The Shifos of Zelos is capable of instilling your strikes with unusual strength. After hitting an enemy with it, you can give it a boost of 1d6 damage on your next successful attack. But the damage must be done originally to an enemy. Okay. And it doesn't take a spell slot this time. No. Perfect. The blood must be drawn by this blade and be struck with the intent to kill. Iavos wraps his hands around the remnants of a like an old pearl necklace that's kind of attached to a gnarly leather rope around his neck that used to belong to his mother. He says, it seems trouble finds us whether we go looking for it or not. Be strong, my friends. And he blesses the three other members of the team. You're blessed. Thank you. I like it. Very effective. I would like everyone here to roll me initiative. Hmm. All right. All right. What did Halifon Orison roll? An 11. Okay. And what did Gaspar roll? 15. And what did Iavos Isadora roll? Five. Mm. And what did Penelope Farthing roll? 15, but with my modifier, it could work for Sex Bard because that makes it 18. (laughs) I like that. Let me do some tweakery. It is, in fact, Iluhana Chime Chain who takes the first action. She begins to spin her chime chain above her head, and as it does, a whistling sound begins to emanate from it. She then gestures it forward towards you, and from the chain itself, dozens and dozens of silvery lights splay outward as she casts fairy fire on your group. Balls. <laughs> Roll me that save. You all had a d4. That's a deck oh, save? Oh, yeah. Well. Wow. How would you get? Uh, I had a 12 plus a 4 from Bless for 16. Nice. Gaspar? My new eyes don't like bright lights, so 25. <laughs> That's good. Benny? Um... Penelope has advantage on saves against magic due to her magic resistance as a fey creature. Mm. That said, my better roll was nine. Oh. <laughs> with the d4? Come on. Yeah, the them d4. Thank you for the reminder. say with bless. Is ten. Oh. <laughs> I'm helping. I have us? With a big fat plus zero, I got a 16. Hey. <laughs> Everybody passes except Penny. Who oh. revels in the fire now. Iavos has never oh, moved this fire. What color is it? It's silver. Unsurprisingly. <laughs> and that imposes advantage on attack rolls to hit Penny, which is definitely not ideal. Mm-hmm. She also decides to move a little closer so as to prevent your escape. That makes it Simon Silver's turn. Simon Silver steps forward also to try and cut off any possible egress. And using his rapier, carves a rune into the air and then pushes it forward. As he does so, Gaspar finds themselves suddenly having a oppressive sense of tunnel vision. As from their periphery, darkness starts to set in. Please roll me a constitution saving throw against blindness. Oh no. D4. Looking at an 8. Oof. The tunnel vision continues to progress 
until finally there is nothing but darkness. But what they don't know is this is no hindrance to you. Nice. Bathead for the win. I really sell it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Everybody knows that blindness is debilitating in combat. <laughs> and that makes it Gong's turn, who steps forward toward Hal and Penny and puts himself functionally adjacent to the three of you minus Gaspar. He swings his mace at Hal, but when he does so, he actually swings wide. And you don't realize this until you've already put yourself out of a comfortable position. He uses Commander's Strike, dropping his extra attack to give a bonus reaction attack to Ophidian. Mm, That's pretty good. (sighs) Ophidian uses his whip and strikes out. Its radiant red energy from the Hexblade does not aim for Hal, but instead for Penny. Does a 16 hit? That is equal to my armor class. Excellent. Is it, though? (laughs) (laughs) Not for us. As he does so, he expends his superiority dice to trip you. Penny, go ahead and roll me a dexterity saving throw. Does bless work for this? Yeah, yes. Yeah. 24. You definitely avoid the trip. Ooh, quick penny. Ophidian laughs as you resist the pull. Your newly strengthened legs seem more than capable of resisting the trip that would have otherwise dropped you. (laughs) You're getting stronger. I like it. It is now his turn. He, yet again, steps forward, pulling the whip free and then attacks you with it again. That one misses. And he attempts to strike you with his short sword. And also misses. You deftly move out of the way of each strike as it comes, bolstered by the success of having avoided the trip. What he thought was an easy target is now proving much more challenging. If you could just hold still, I swear it'll be over very quickly. After dodging and blocking all of his blows, Penny stands up to her newfound height, wearing the fairy fire like she has been anointed. (laughs) Snarls and bares her sharpened teeth. Hmm. I like Battle Penny. Me too. A little scary, but cute. (laughs) Yeah. That makes it Gaspar's turn. But I would like to know what Gaspar's battle mode looks like. Okay, okay. Perhaps envious of some of the wares that Gilder had in his shop, his armor turns almost quicksilver. Some of the accents of it begin to flow as if having metallic ripples going through it. Mm. And... Maybe nostalgic for a time long past for him, but there seems to be small blue petals just kind of floating on top of it. I like it. Gaspar really selling it that he's blind at the moment. There's a lot of weird things. He doesn't have a head. The eyes on the Vries head kind of glaze over, turning fully black, no longer reflecting light, but it can still pick up sounds. So echolocating 30 feet around him, he sees these jingly bells clear as day. They light up like goddamn Christmas trees. <laughs> oh, yeah. So with a very well-practiced motion, he's going to get down to the ground while grabbing his crossbow, load it as he stands upwards, pulling onto the string, his foot up against the brace to help him load it. And as he gets up, he's just going to quickly shoot at the center of these jingling bells. Excellent. You're attacking Chime Chain? Yes. Roll me that beautiful bean footage. You're going to get advantage on this because they actually are certain that the spell went off. And blast. And blast. All right. Oh. So that is a 21 to hit. That'll do it. That'll do it. Okay. (laughs) Yes. And you're adding sneak attack damage for that? I am adding sneak attack damage. That is 15 points of damage from the crossbow bolt, but the curse that has been placed upon Chain Chime's soul is also going to do an extra four points of necrotic damage. I like it. And then our favorite noble necromancer, Nepit, is going to appear from the pain that's been caused. Some of the blood manifests into the form of Nepit, (laughs) and he is going to appear over Gong. Okay. Crashing down with his signature dagger. Ghost knife. Fantastic. Ghost knife. Two points of necrotic damage to Gong. Hey, it's something. 
We've damaged your tank, therefore we win! <laughs> As the crossbow okay. bolt finds home, Chime Chain drops to one knee and goes, What the fuck? He's supposed to be blind! Did I hit somebody? Oh, wow. <laughs> what luck! <laughs> I am then going to grab onto the awning above us and try and climb myself up onto it. All right. This fancy boy. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and roll me a acrobatics. 14. All right. That'll get you up there. And uh, that'll be it for you. As soon as Chime Chain yells out her frustration, you hear Ophidian say, don't worry about it, Ellie. <laughs> We've got them. That makes it Penny's turn. As Penny's battle glamour takes effect, her armor takes on a metallic, bronze-like sheen. And... What she's wearing is replaced by a sculpted cuirass, a leather skirt, and metallic boots. Mm. She resembles some of the statues that are scattered around her homeworld, reclaimed by the natural world, as vines and trillium appear on her armor, and a cascading scarlet cape of red crocosmias falls from her shoulders. With Penny's first action... She's going to stare deeply into Ophidian's eyes, gesture broadly to all the the colorful tents and pavilions around, and says, It's never a circus until the clowns show up. Jesus fucking Christ. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Are you casting vicious mockery with that? Because, <sighs> ouch. No, that's my lead into Tasha's hideous laughter. Uh, okay. I like it. Please. Which in some editions, it's just called Hideous Laughter now. Okay. I think it depends on if Tasha exists in your metaverse or not. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. So that's actually a wisdom saving throw. Okay, I can do that. In this world, it's just Jeremy's Hideous Laughter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your DC? 13. She called you a clown. Oh, God, she called me a clown. (laughs) And he starts slowly doubling over as he is overtaken by hideous laughter. Yes. Penny begins to beat her shield and tap her foot. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, God. (laughs) And she's going to give bardic inspiration to Halifon. Nice. Good call. So with their biggest threat completely floored, it is now Halifon Orison's turn. Cool. As Hal's turn swings around uh, and his battle mode engages at the bottom of his cape, golden flames start flickering into existence mm-hmm. until they eventually are all kind of fluttering around him. And as they do, the metallic lines on Hal's skin start burning orange, yellow, white. And Hal rages and shoulder rams gong who's right in front of me and I'd like to take the shove action okay to try and knock him on his ass in his plate mail okay yeah give me that roll I think it's a contested strength athletics check if I'm not mistaken do I have to land an attack I think it's opposed athletics it's so just, just fair warning before yeah. you do this yeah he is a goliath right and he's a fighter. Are you yeah. sure you want to get into a contest of athletic strength with him? I'm raging, so I have advantage on my roll. Fair. A good fight. And I've got bardic inspiration that I can add on top of this. Fair enough. Godzilla. King Kong. That's not the the most impressive of rolls. I will use my inspiration just because he's a Goliath. Mm. That was only a one. 17 total. Tied. You both have 17. What happens in a tie? I believe... The situation remains the same. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe the official rule is the situation remains the same. So if he's not prone, then he doesn't fall prone. Then, in fact, the bless somehow gave you the edge. Gong is clearly stronger than you. Very much so. But you can feel an almost fevered, exhausted strength push you on. The kind of strength you get after a long day of hard labor. And suddenly, you manage to find yourself lifting him off his feet and shoving him to the ground. Nice. Broke the tie. Helping. I like that. So Gong is now prone. So very good. Big turtley fighter. And now with Gong prone on the ground in front of me and Ophidian prone on the ground in front of me, 
Hal vaults over both of them and charges the bard. Oh, okay. You manage to get all the way to the bard, and she looks terrified. Yeah. Question. We're not on a quest. Can I spend glory or no? No. I didn't think so. All right. Then I can just look scary right now. Sure, yeah. My cloak billows intimidatingly. Absolutely. And that makes it Iavos' turn. So, while most people's glamouring makes them have some sort of bright phosphorescent glow or radiant sheen, the natural earth browns, faded reds, and grays of Iavos's robes seem even dimmer. They almost fade into each other, like the shadows kind of glide over them. And as he moves, the speed of fear, <laughs> where his feet land and behind him, there's just a very light trail of dust that vanishes. And he's going to move like he was about to run towards the bard, seeing Hal fly past him at a much faster speed. Despite having fallen prone, Gong is still as excellent a fighter as one might expect. And as you move past him, he does manage to take a swipe at you with his mace. Anticipated. He rolls a 13. My AC is 12. Oh, no. That's too bad. (laughs) Bonk. He does manage to whip out with his mace and strike you on the ankle as you pass for a rather considerable amount of pain. He deals you six damage. Yowch! My wizard hit points! My bones! My old bones! (laughs) So, hobbling on his weak leg, he kind of stops in his tracks and moves himself between Hal and the two prone warriors. Right against Hal's back, like literally leaning his back against the strong, young, youthful strength of Hal. Then he reaches down to his belt and he grabs his sister's bottle of mysteries, the gourd that contains strange extra-dimensional magic that she kept as a secret. And looking at Ophidian and Gong, he judges their character and uses a spell secret to cast Caustic Brew from the bottle, Mm. which creates a 30-foot line of acid. I love it. But because he's using his spell secret, he's not only going to change it to fire damage, but he's going to make it target their intelligence instead of their dexterity. Oh. (laughs) As he lights their minds on fire with the mysteries from within his bottle. You're making their minds trip on acid, dude? Yeah, I I burn their minds with fire. I am very horny for this. Uh, What's the save again? Uh, Intelligence? Uh, Intelligence DC 13 for both of them. Thank you very much. Psychic burn. Ophidian passes and Gong fails miserably. Okay. I'm casting it at second level. Okay. Um, so I will give you that fire damage. Mm-hmm. And as well as the flame pouring out of the bottle, when he strikes me, I need Gong to also make me a deck save as Hellish Rebuke ushers out and just almost becomes flame for just a moment. I like that. Uh, he does pass the deck save with flying colors. Okay. So Gong takes 12 damage from the Caustic Brew. Okay. Ophidian takes six. Hell yes. Uh, and then Gong takes nine from the Hellish Rebuke. I like it. And That's have, a good roll. I rolled an 18 on 2d10. Yeah. And like the Ophidian gets a save with advantage against my hideous laughter. Because he took damage. Come on, big baby. He does pass. Sorry. So he's still prone, but he's not incapacitated anymore. Mm-hmm. Seemed worth. Yeah. I like it. As the mind fire rips through Ophidian and Gong, Ophidian is suddenly freed from Tasha's laughter. He begins to make to stand up, and he says, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to do you a favor. But now, you need to be punished. And he locks eyes with Penny as his eyes burn red. All right, Bradley, you've been in tougher scrapes than this. Remember that time you, uh, oh, oh there was that one, um, uh, well, I, I guess I really haven't had a very hard life. <laughs> Don't listen to yourself, Dirk. You're one bad sack of potatoes. Just gotta get your head on straight and retrace your steps. <laughs> right. Dozens of empty tents, no sunlight, no memorable landmarks. Can't be too hard. And I'm pretty sure I came from that away, which means I just have to keep going this away until I make it to the end. Can't fault that logic. Good thing this place has so many lanterns, otherwise a fella could get the shivers. Huh, lanterns out. Well, 
I'll just use my brand new trusty nighttime specs. And I was scammed. Probably had it coming. But hey, at least I'm not stuck in that stinky old booth reading bupkis off the prompter in the light. My friend. Is he really your friend, jerk? It's Dirk. And he's kind of mean, but that's okay. I'm a bit much. He's just a little gruff. A big old pair of fussy britches. He's not gruff with Paige. No, but but they're both big-time rightsmiths. I, I didn't go to paper school. You didn't really go to any school, did you, dork? It's Dirk. Hey, why are you picking on me? Because you're easy to pick on. That's your whole shtick, right? The stupid one. The one with the dumb stories no one wants to hear. I'm fun. The kids love me. I, I can drink a whole gallon of milk in one sitting. The kids. That's all you are. A big kid. And let me tell you, once the beard starts coming in, the kid thing gets old quick. The only reason you got the job is because your daddy called in a favor. Yeah. Yeah. Even he doesn't like you. Nobody likes me. Nobody likes you. Might as well just lay down here. No, 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 I I gotta pay back Rusty. He wanted me to have a good time. He probably just wanted me out of his beard. He knew I wouldn't pay him back. I just... I just need to rest my eyes. I'll find a way back when I'm feeling better. Just rest my head on this pile of spent napkins and wrap up in this lubricated trash bag. No mistakes happen in Naptown. Oh, score. Someone even threw out this perfectly good gray teddy bear. You said it, pal. You said it. We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. You alright, lads? Hey, Danny. Hey, 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 hey. What's the matter with Fafnar? Hey, what's wrong, Faf? Union giving away the good jobs to the Greybeard Society. Nah, I'm just bored. Bored? You live on a satellite. In a renaissance of mortal achievement, spurred on by the marriage of magic and technology, what could you be bored about? I'm out of podcast to listen to. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Alice Neverin. No luck. Have you tried Rusty Quill Gaming? Who said that? How said what? They can't hear me, Fafnir. Only you. Alright, mate. What do you want? I want you to sit your ass down, mate. You're making it to eat yourself. I only want you to be happy, Fafnar. Happy, I. Happy with my soul for a plaything. No, Faf. I'm here to give you just what you've always wanted. And what's that, then? A new podcast to listen to. Alright. I'm lost, then. Rusty Quill Gaming, Faf. They're an award-winning weekly gaming podcast. Great, another group of sows to get stolen dice in a non-seller. I'll pass. No, Faf. Rusty Quill Gaming is a wonderful group of comedians, improvisers, gamers, and writers. Dripping with talent. Brimming with energy. Alright, fair enough. What's up, Ramos? In the legendary Pathfinder campaign known as Erasing the Line... Game Master Alexander J. Newell, the brilliant mind behind such podcasts as The Magnus Archives and Stella Firma, guides Zolf, the dwarven cleric, Sel, the half-elf alchemist, Hamid, the halfling sorcerer, and Azu, the orc paladin of Aphrodite, through an alternate version of the distant plain of London. Hey, London. Where is that then? Somewhere on West Gibbs? No, it's not in West Gibbs. Listen, Faf, with 250 episodes, including specials and spin-offs, you'll never want for another podcast. I gotta say, that sounds pure dead brilliant, mate. Where can I find it? Look in your heart. Sure, but ups and the like. Oh, right, yeah. Anywhere podcasts are available, just search Rusty Quill Gaming. Tails, mate. Oh. 
Oh. Fuck, what the hell is wrong? Have you gone completely mental? Nah, yeah, I've just been having a chin whack with. Um, never mind. Wait here, mate. Alright, lads. You ever heard of Rustic Wheel Gaming? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Blessed be the body of the day, Father, that his colossal arms may protect us and guard us against the Night Mother. Indeed, Brother Mathis, and may his great eye be ever sharp to threats from without and within, as his thunderous steps are heard across the land. Yes, yes, indeed, Brother Gracchus. And may also the Great Father's mind hasten to the social grace that he might do something about <clears throat> the issues. Yes, indeed, Brother Pete. And, wait, what? You know, the hygiene issues? I'm certain I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no, 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 I know it's not just me. Come on, guys. We were all on the same page when we cracked open Brother Dorf's new vintage. First of all, the guy's 200 feet tall and still wears a loincloth. Fine, whatever. If I have to stare at his divine aspect shaming me before my wife that's okay fine that i can deal but it's like a hot dog in a snake pit trim it up and while we're at it the nose hair really it's like a naked oak tree growing out of each nostril it is true that the men of the celestial harem have struggled to prune the heavenly edge with the artifacts they've been given artifacts 140 men with a giant pair of scissors do not a solution make and that's not the worst of it i mean the smell you can't expect a gross of slick lads to keep a thousand acres of musky dad fresh and clean by themselves the guy's own scripture calls for men to be smooth as carven marble and fragrant with herbal unguents i'm just saying we hold him to his own standards but what can we do we are but humble servants i'm glad you asked brother mathis i went ahead and tapped into the interplanar nexus and found some outside help but from whom from manscaped i snagged an enlargement spell and a few gifts for father's day the ultra smooth package includes a crop exfoliator that'll freshen up the heavenly groin a high grade crop gel to lubricate the shaving of the celestial zone and with the crop shaver shave don't you think that's a little bit extreme brother nope we're cutting to the quick my boys smooth as a baby's bottom and wrinkly as an old man's face Plus, the weed whacker will take care of that hellish thicket he's sporting in each wind tunnel. Let him breathe easy, knowing his nostrils will be clean for all eternity. Okay, well, perhaps... That's not all. We've also got Refined. Manscaped's amazing cologne. Instead of the pungent musk of a man who hasn't showered since the great deluge, citrus, jasmine, and vetiver will dance over hill and dale. And in accordance with the fourth edict, all Manscaped products are cruelty-free, paraben-free, dye-free, and vegan. You too can get all of these amazing items and so much more at 20% off and with free shipping when you use the promo code LUQ. That's 20% off the entire package just in time for Father's Day with the promo code LUQ. So what are you waiting for? Let's Manscaped God himself. Thank you, Manscaped. Well, LUQ what we have here. It's a bunch of L-U-Cuties in the mid-roll. Hi everyone, it's Law. I'm here to do some housekeeping. First of all, thank you. You listeners, fans, and fanatics have been spreading the word of L-U-Q, and in return, we're still here making it. We love it. We love you. Please don't stop. We would love this to just be the beginning. We would love to just be getting started. You can help make that happen. If you want to be in touch or stay up to date, visit theluq.com for links to all of our social media, show news, every episode ever, links to our actors and team pages, links to our merch page, and of course, the Patreon. 
you know what Patreon is, but what do you get from ours? Well, tons of great D&D content like one-of-a-kind stat blocks, magic items, maps, and class builds, character sheets from the show, bonus content, extra episodes and music, and at the higher tiers, you can become part of the show. You heard me right. Battle Axis members can build a character to get mentioned in the show's meta, become part of the LUQ-verse forever. Legendary patrons can get mentioned in the mid-roll with their corresponding teams. The current teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Forgotten Legacy, with Christian Wiseman, Korgoth, and John Reinhardt. Someday me and Zach hope to be able to make Slapdash our full-time job so we can bring you loads of new content, new streams, new games, and more LUQ stuff, including potentially supplements someday. Someday. If you want to advertise with the show during the mid-roll or send out a personal message, contact admin at slapdashstudios.com for more info. And if you want to send stuff in the mail to Slapdash, it's P.O. Box 230091, Tigered, Oregon, 97281, No Homemade Food. Join us for streaming on twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for Monday night episode premieres, as long as we can keep doing that. That may be up for some change soon, depending on how our lives unfold. But we play games all week long, Zach plays a ton of games, like Terraria, currently playing Resident Evil 2 Remake, and we've been playing together through Alien Isolation. Well, he's been playing, and I've been making fun of stuff. On Wednesday, we play our Pokemon Soul Link Nuzlocke, which is currently Sun and Moon, and I play vanilla and modded Minecraft. Sometimes. Either way, you can see us grow by leaving reviews, telling your friends, and being active mentioning us on social media. Please. It helps a ton, and can reach a lot of people. Thank you for everything. And here's your reward. Let's get you back to the battle axis. We love you. From the biggest name in top-tier trail food, Critical Grits brings you a whole new ration of experience. When it comes to filling you up with just one bite, nothing beats the all-natural mystical power of whey bread. But when it comes to flavor, it's nothing to sending home about. Until now. Introducing new Kablambus, Flavor Blasted Whey Bread. We're taking your favorite long-lasting loaves and turning the taste up to Elven. With flavors like Chili Lime Elk Cheddar, Moonlight Glade Garlic Ranch, and famin' Hot Jalapeno Sweet Corn. If your whole meal is a mouthful, make it count and show courage in the name of extreme flavor. Blast your hunger right in the butt and flood your tongue with eternal taste with Kablambus, new from Critical Grits. Critical Grits! Ophidian has locked eyes with Penny, and he says to her, It looks like your friends have left you behind as he looks to the two people who are now nearly flanking you. We begin with Chime Chain, who frantically begins to back up. So she begins to disengage and step backwards away from Hal Orson. So she still has a bonus. And she's going to use that to cast Bardic Inspiration on Gong. Hmm. She yells, boys, boys, come save me. I'm going to need some help. As she backs away. Hal's going to say, too late. <laughs> All right. And that makes it Simon Silver's turn, who takes a step into Penny and uses his adjacency to Ophidian to use his fucking cleric ability. That's the whole thing you can just do. Is he life domain? He is. Fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) He takes his silvered rapier and gently taps Ophidian with it, channeling his life domain ability and gives him 15 health, bringing him back to full. Dick. (laughs) And that makes it Ophidian's turn. He stands and smiles at Penny as he simply and calmly steps forward and attempts to plunge his longsword into your chest. Great. Fortunately, because he had advantage, he doesn't get the natural one that he rolled after his two. So Yay. he gets no hit. Ha ha, you lauded. <laughs> <laughs> I did follow wicked law. However... When he realizes his dramatic sword plunge doesn't work, he seems to get very frustrated and instead drags his whip across you. That's decidedly better. That is a plus six. How is an 18? 18 hits, no problem. Instead of dragging the whip across you once, he does it multiple times, gritting his teeth and snarling as he does so. I know what you are, Faye. I know exactly what you are, which means this is going to hurt all the more. And then he channels his smite into his attack. In your experience... 
Paladins typically don't add additional damage to Fey, but this Oathbreaker Paladin does. So here's the fun part. First off, he's going to be rolling 2d4 because of his poisoned whip. Additionally, he's going to be rolling 2d8. But here's the real kicker. He is a Betrayal Paladin, which means that his first attack, because he's already prepped his channel divinity, deals 2d10 plus 3 damage, or 20 plus 3 if he has advantage on the attack. They always kill the cute ones first. He deals you 36 damage. However, he does not intend to kill you. As the poison begins to flare in your body, and as you feel yourself overcome by this sense of horror, you feel like he's holding it back. All the venom on his whip and on his tongue is completely hollow. And that's the last thing you see as you fall into near unconsciousness. As Penny falls backwards into the stall behind her, she levels eyes that still have fight in them at Ophidian. And the last thing she speaks before falling unconscious is, My friends will never abandon me. But you, Ophidian, you have no friends. That's kind of the point. And that makes it Gong's turn, who also manages to pull himself up to his full height. And he turns and whispers something to Ophidian, who whispers something back. Gong then nods and swings his mace at the support holding up the awning that Gaspar is standing on. Nice. I'm just going to go ahead and deal damage direct because it's not hard to hit a fucking awning. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I agree. He's a battle master fighter. If he misses an awning, he just gets kicked out of the league. <laughs> he successfully damages it, causing you to fall about nine feet. Okay. Not enough to do any meaningful damage, but enough to get you back on the ground. And that makes it Gaspar's turn. If you would like, you're welcome to use the fall as a part of your flavor. Gaspar is going to surf down some of the canvases, try and take a combat roll. Hopefully seeing if the falling supports are enough to obscure him from the attack of opportunity coming from Gong that might be coming for him. And he's going to try and disappear into the market just a bit so he can hide. You're not disengaging as a free action? Okay. He wants to use his bonus action to hide on his turn ah, instead. Okay, gotcha. So, there's a natural 20 on the <laughs> reaction. <laughs> That's just bad luck is what that is. But that isn't. Maybe we'll at least get a tragic documentary. He deals you 16 damage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. As you try to move past him, he functionally clotheslines you with his mace and does a significant amount of damage on the way down. But you dip under it just in time to cause a glancing blow, as glancing as a blow from this man can possibly be, and do manage to get away from him. A little hurt, he's going to roll and duck behind some of the wares of this stall. Okay. I make a stall check. Yes. Yeah, do it. Do you have uncanny dodge? Or... No. Oh, it's too bad. <clears throat> oh, my God. That's a 10 to hide from a bard. All right. Uh, that's uh, passive perception, right? That is. Okay. Yeah, which starts at 10. So unless she yeah, has a negative <laughs> wisdom. <laughs> you duck behind what looks like a large crate full of some kind of odd, uh, fragrant stave. And as you do so, she begins to look like she's going to shout out your location. And I'm going to let you have an opportunity to shoot at her if you'd like. I'm going to shoot a chime chain for <laughs> hey, revealing fuck. my position. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> that is a... 21 to hit again. That definitely does it. For eight points of damage. Okay. You manage to bury a crossbow bolt right into her upper chest as she's beginning to speak, going completely silent. The hide is successful. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Also, you can aim to not intend death. I'm going to aim for not, you know, instant death. Like, it's enough pain to go into shock and and stuff. No permanent damage. But yeah, not, not permanent. You do manage to hit her between some vital areas, and effectively just take her out. And that makes it Penny's turn. You don't need to roll a death save. You're already stabilized. Non-lethal damage. You're not bleeding out. He had no intention of doing you any meaningful harm. So how does that work? You just are unconscious. Unless somebody heals you. Okay, that's fine. However, I will give you a opportunity to roll a constitution save to stabilize yourself in this context. Because you're in no immediate danger, and the threat doesn't seem to be pressing at all. Though non-lethal, Penny internally tries to stand and rolls a 13. I'd say that'll do it. You are conscious enough that you are aware of your surroundings, but you are still pretty badly hurt and not exactly in any position to fight or do anything. I will say, however, that you can ready a reaction 
to cast either a single spell or take a single action under a circumstance. But that'll be all you can do for the rest of this combat. Unless you're healed. Penny is going to lay low where she is and not alert the other party that she's conscious. Sure. But I'm going to wait till Halifon is in melee range of Ophidian or Gong, and then I'm going to cast Sleep. <laughs> okay. All right. And that makes it Halifon's turn. Cool. All right. With the bard down, Hal's just going to kind of swing past Iavos. Zero resistance. Yeah. <laughs> like moving aside a bead curtain. Yeah. I thought about like just kind of picking him up and just kind of tossing him over my shoulder behind me again. <laughs> like superstitious salt. <laughs> Hal is going to come charging into this group of fighters surrounding Penny mm-hmm. and run past Gong, leaving him just behind me on my left, right in front of Ophidian, and lunge with my halberd just over Ophidian's shoulder mm-hmm. and stab the cleric on the other side of him. <laughs> I like that. It's a very showy look. Very yeah. showy attack. I like very it. slick. Cleric attack. <sighs> Damn. 13. Ah, too shy. Yeah. As the bone halberd comes to him, he at first doesn't see it coming, and then he quickly ducks under it, but doesn't do so gracefully, and he's kind of put himself in an awkward position. All right. You hear Ophidian say, you sly devil, you. Look at you go. I'm still raging, so I can't cast any spells. Wait, don't you get advantage? Oh, no, because you don't have reckless attack yet. Yeah, not not till next level. Dang. Yep. So, yeah, that's it for hell. And that makes Penny's reaction go off. So, Penny begins to tap her foot against the stone cobbles. I lull you to an endless sleep by counting taps of cloven feet. (laughs) That's cute. Centering her sleep spell on herself. (laughs) Slumber party. Night, night. (laughs) Night. (laughs) Night, night. Yippee-ki doze, motherfucker. (laughs) Oh, when Penny falls asleep, she doze off. (laughs) Nappy-ki Na- yeah, Napikaya is better. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's going to affect in order of the creatures with the lowest HP first, which is taken out of this total, a pool of 30 hit points of creature. That's a good roll. She goes to sleep instantly, and she has zero hit points, so it moves on to the next lowest HP target. I see. That would be Gong, who immediately passes out in his full plate armor. How He's many hit points is that? Eight. So there's 22 left. Mm-hmm. Is the next lowest person below 22? That would be Simon Silver with 29 and no. Okay. Too bad. But you got Gong. Yeah, you and Gong are like all cuddled up. Just like. <laughs> and that makes it Iavos' turn. Iavos is going to say, I don't know who put you up to this, Ophidian, but there's still time to retreat. And he's going to uh, snap a necklace off of his neck of the dozens that are there. <laughs> and this one has tiny shards of what looks like a broken window. Mm. He's going to toss it into the air and it's going to turn into a second level magic missile, all of which come straight down on Ophidian. Ooh, nice. Almost like trying to pin him to the ground with arcane bolts. I'm sending you fours. I know. I usually roll really good on magic missile. It's been like Iavos' lucky spell. Yeah. That's not bad. I mean, it's twos on all of them, and then a four. 14 force damage. Actually, just to make it suck ass for him, I'm going to make it rain acid bolts down onto him. Nice. Yeah, he takes a pretty nasty bite. The acid splashes all over him. Some bits of it get on Penny and on Hal, but not enough to do any damage, just enough to be uncomfortable. And you can smell the sickly, acrid smell as it rises up and punctures through the normal haze of spices and smokes that are so prominent in the Myriad market. Then I'm just going to move around the corner towards kind of where Gaspar is, just to be out of line of sight behind the tent. Okay. Ophidian runs his hand through his hair and pulls out a chunk of it as the acid has burned it away (laughs) he shakes off what of it he can and says (laughs) well i guess that's my cue to go we'll do this again sometime hal this is fun he walks over and grabs gong and starts dragging him across the ground full plate and all towards his bard friend and simon silver takes her and they walk toward the crowd as they leave hal just calls back hey mate there's a reason we're gold in your silver (laughs) and how stops raging (laughs) damn damn michael that was a good one (laughs) there you stand as the myriad market begins to slowly close back in on you as if by diffusion no one comes to your aid no anti-heroes there to save you your friend has fallen but not long after simply stands up she seems fine if 
a little bruised. Hal will sort of reach down and help Penny to her feet and using that action, use my Asamar healing hands ability to give you my level. So three hit points back. Penny yawns, but appears to be in okay spirits. Did we win? I'm not sure. Well, we only had one person down. They had two. So I take that as a win. They were also the ones who were walking away. I don't really understand what just happened. Penny, are you all right? Yes, I'm fine. Ah! I can't believe I went down again. I believe that was due in part to poorly planned tactics due to the surprise of the uh, ambush. We kind of left you alone there for a moment. I should have been okay. I can take him. You nearly did. He nearly got you too, though. Hal, you and me are training together later. I'm working on fighting paladins. Hal, Hal <laughs>, laughs and goes, deal. And you and I should have a conversation soon, Hal, about the best places to stand in combat. I would, re- I would feel very guilty if I hit you with any of my spells, but the opportunity kept coming up. Oh, you don't have to worry about me, but I uh, appreciate it. Shall we go for some victory elephant ears and beers? <laughs> Can Penny chant ears and beers? Ears and, or how? That may make more sense. How about all four of us? Ears, ears and, and beers. Ears and beers. Ears and beers. <laughs> you spend the rest of the day trying to recover from the injury and frustration of what had just happened. But it's not long before you hear a voice calling to you from a nearby alley. Hey, guys, come here. You turn and see Ophidian standing alone, waving to you. I'll wave back. Okay, sure. I cast Shield of Faith and then walk over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm holding my spellbook as we move forward with my brow as furrowed as furrowed can be. Yeah, a bit of diligence and do, you know, insight and perception, see if there's people sure, hiding, sure. all that stuff. But I'll head over to him. You enter the alleyway, such as it is, and you see no immediate threat other than this person who just attacked you for no reason. <laughs> I was not expecting that. I, I mean, Gaspar, you shot her. I mean, we were all going to go for uh, a non-lethal, but just, damn, okay. <laughs> Sorry, that one was reflex. She was uh, saying things she was not supposed to. I mean, hey, that's fair. Well done, though. Penny barrels out from behind Gaspar and pushes Ophidian into the wall. Whoa! Spicy! All right, whatever. What's your problem? Why did you attack us in plain daylight? Uh, either you guys want to fill him in on this one? No, she's angry right now, and it's your face that's about to be smacked, so you better explain it well. I'm a villain. <laughs> I mean, I'm a heel. That's my job. You guys look great out there. You were cornered. You, you, were, you were functionally outnumbered because I'm kind of stronger than any one of you. I mean, come on. You look fantastic. Plus, it's solidified. Penny is like your, your sympathetic character, and everybody's going to be worrying about you and your well-being, and that's, that's money in the bank, baby. That's when you smack him in the face. Penny pulls up her sword in reverse grip and slices across his collarbone. Ooh, okay. Uh, he probably would have let you punch him, but he's not going to let you stab him. <laughs> Why am I rolling? You, you have to roll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hit roll? Yeah. That is a natural one. Oh, no. Yikes. <sighs> okay. As you bring up the blade, his lightly gauntleted hand catches it, and you see a little bit of blood trickle out of it. Relax, okay? Kid, you're in the league. This kind of stuff happens. Look, I paid all the right people. No one's going to get punished. Uh, We're probably going to get a minor fine where we have to give you guys two glory. Nothing. It's nothing. And if you can't handle looking like a bit of an idiot sometimes, then you don't belong in this industry. Usually if one intends to put on a play, all of the actors are aware it's happening. You could have died. We (laughs) thought you were trying to kill us. Sure I could have. Oh boy. Yeah, that would have been great. Yeah. I mean, hell, somebody dies in the league in a street fight. I'm into it taking your lives into your hands for this show of force is so foolish. It's how you play the game. Is uh, is Ilohana all right? Ah, she'll be fine. Simon's quick with the heel. All right. But not as quick as me, huh? <laughs> that was... I don't get it. <laughs> look, you did your best, played yourself tough, and uh, hey, you guys look like the hero. Plus, I mean, hey, everyone's going to think it was my idea and the Silver Song's going to go on and do great things somewhere else. You you do know this is not the end of it. End of what? You started something. Yeah. There's no way this is the finale. Oh, believe me, 
Gaspar, I know I've started something. And you can bet I'm going to finish it. As he holds up his hand, and another ring appears on his forearm. We interrupt Artificer's Roadshow, Myriad Market Edition, to bring you a special report. A fight has broken out in the Delta Terminal between Teams Gold Dragon and Grey Knight, commonly referred to as the Silver Song. It seems Ophidian Ashpool didn't take too kindly to being passed up by the Commissioner for his handpicked team. Ashpool has more than enough cause for frustration as he shared a Crucible team with the rest of Gold Dragon and was the only member not selected. Instead, Iavos Isadora was the fourth member. It looks like Penelope Farthing is KO'd. The Evdemonian Fae has taken an astonishing smite from the Paladin and is down for the count. But what a hit it took. Miss Farthing has proven to be tough as nails, often with the brunt of attacks directed at her. It seems Dragon's Paladin Hal Orison Jr. has decided to focus on taking out Silver Song's bar, hoping to even the score. But Gaspar beat him to it, and now Iavos is overextended. But this pensioner has no shortage of gumption. I'm not sure what Isadora said, but it seems to have driven him off. The fight is over, and while there is no clear victor, it is clear that Gold Dragon can handle themselves. There's not many novices who could handle an ambush from a rival team. And arguably a better organized one. Grey Knight has trained hard to establish workable strategies, a killer style, and overall team cohesion. The only odd man out in this is Ophidian himself, who seems content to go against the grain both aesthetically and strategically. Does the Ace of R have an ace up his sleeve? He'd better. Penalties for team fighting without a permit can be severe. I doubt it'll be more than a glory penalty and a slap on the wrist, though, considering Ashpool is first pick for the Battle Standards, the AAA's hero team. However this plays out, you can be sure to find coverage right here on EXPN. I can't believe I went down again. I'm sorry you spent so much time unconscious. Oh, I hate this guy. I thought I only got rings for killing people. We could have killed him. We could have. I wonder if he loses rings for for dying. Is is that his KD? Only if he steps on the spikes. Yeah, okay. I mean, huh? Sonic uh, reference? Nice. Anybody? Very good. Very good. Uh, very yeah. good. Very good for our very good for our sports <laughs> podcast. God, I can't believe the Fae was the only one hit by fairy fire. I know yes. that's, that is that's ironic. It's a little you embarrassing. You should be immune to it, right? Practically, <laughs> I am very embarrassed. Look, it takes a while for the bard warlock to be at that point where you're really good in close combat. I mean, you, you're going to go down, unfortunately. Yeah, level five is going to be the magic number. Mm, can't wait. Honestly, I'm so sorry that that was such a frustrating fight. I really didn't mean for you guys to win. It was going to be oh. a like, yeah, I didn't I, think I we were going to win. I thought we were going to die in like two rounds. <laughs> yeah, we actually did do much better than I expected. Honestly, given how much they pre-prepped, I am shocked you, they, they didn't do much better against you yeah, well Tasha's on on Ophidian was was probably play of the game yeah yeah, yeah. Gonna, honestly know. it was great and I mean lo- the bluff shot is also rogue bluff sneak attacks are my favorite rogue mechanics not me personally <laughs> that's my shit yeah okay I gotta say I think for me personally play of the game rogue bluffing the blind sneak attack MVP Penny farthing for just like the entire fucking. Well, I mean, not only the Tasha's to get out Aphidian, but the sacrificial sleep to not mm-hmm. to end the fight. Yeah, mm-hmm. And this is the same episode that we went on our, our hurricane eating spree, wasn't it? Yeah, or was that last yeah, episode? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That was this episode. That was this it? episode. Drop okay. an elephant ear lore, future yeah. meta. Ears and beers. <laughs> ears and beers. <laughs> ears and beers. Defin- definitely, be definitely Penny for MVP. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. ears and beers sounds really, really good. I would eat the yeah. shit out of some ears and yeah, beers. I, I said it and I was like, oh, that's because it's 115 degrees today. It's the right weather for ears and beers. <laughs> right. So everyone out there, the hashtag for this week's episode is hashtag ears and beers. <laughs> All right. You want to take this one away? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the League of Ultimate Questing Battle Access. Mm. We're going to go around the table and we'll say hi to everybody now that we've been chatting for the last two minutes. My name is Michael Loving. I play Halifon Orison. My name is Angelo Kalug. I play Gaspar, the headless rogue of the Phantom subclass. I'm Dana Ebert, and I play Penelope Farthing, the lawn ornament. <laughs> the fawn ornament. No, uh, my name's Law. I play Ayavos Isadora, witness to the Withering Acre. I want a fawn ornament. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Zach. I play everybody, including the asshole Ophidian Asspool. 
Um, I am also the dungeon master and technical director and producer for Slapdash Studios. I'd also like to thank uh, Hedegar the Editor for putting together this needlessly long episode, and uh, Bree Golden for her work on this beautiful map. It's so vibrant. It, it is, is very vibrant. It looks like a bazaar. I didn't get to hide through all the tents yet. Yeah, <laughs> not enough rounds. I was I was ready to start utilizing random stall goods as necessary, but mm-hmm. we we managed without right. Yeah. You're treated. So thank you for listening to this episode of our show. New episodes go live every Monday. Every Monday. Every fucking Monday. We premiere them also on Twitch slap twitch.tv slash slap dash streams. Yep. All one word. Yeah, you can join the community for episode premieres. They're super fun. Lots of people enjoy doing those. Also check out the L U Q all one word dot com. To find the website, that'll give you a link to the Twitch. It'll give you a link to the Facebook group, the Twitter, all of the social medias. It gives you cast bios, links to what's important to us, all of the episodes for both seasons, merch links, Patreon links, theluq.com. That's your hub. That's and here, your hub. Yeah, that's your hub. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that was the joke without all of the emphasis. Uh, <laughs> until then, we're going to be here at our hub. We wish you luck. Mm-hmm.